0: Hey there everyone, my name is Raj Diyoot and this is the first or rather pilot episode in a project that I've been wanting to do for quite a while now. It's a podcast that I'm calling I Don't Quite Know and it's essentially a recorded conversation between myself and someone that I've met and befriended through my time traveling the world and reporting on technology and video games. As to what we chat about, well, that's the part that I don't quite know. The idea is that it's something that they're not particularly known for and it isn't tied to what they're doing specifically at the time it's recorded. I wanted to share another side to these wonderful and amazing people that I've come to call my friends and to give you a snippet of who they are and what their passions, opinions and feelings are about all types of things and not just what you may know them for. So to kick things off, I am honored to have a chat with one of my absolute favorite people in the world. She's a television presenter, a producer, a director, and has worked in the industry for over a decade. Hosting shows on both the ABC and more recently Channel 7, she has a passion for video games that cannot be matched. You might know her as Hex, but she is, of course, the wonderful, the amazing, Stephanie Ben Dixon. How are you, Steph?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. And today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different to what Steph is more regularly known as, which is for gaming and everything games centric. Uh, <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about uh, the, I guess, the, the role that you, you have in in creating content that is on the internet uh, or and, and now on TV and some of the issues that we have personally or uh, thoughts and anxieties that we have in creating that content and how it is perceived or seen in the online world in this day of social media, uh, it's a world of social media and uh, Facebook and YouTube commenting and all those wonderful things that we have to deal with as content creators and uh, I myself am not... Uh, uh, not am susceptible to the same things. Just writing a writing an article. So I thought it would be a, a, a great conversation to have with um, someone who's uh, previously mentioned that they do suffer from some anxieties when when dealing with this stuff. And so that's why I've reached out to you, Steph, to um, to have that conversation. I'm really excited to get into it. So I guess where I'd like to start is, you know, you've been doing this for a long time now. How, how long do you? Well, you've been on TV for. Nearly Since a decade,
1: 2009. Yeah, was yeah, my, was yeah. My so, first episode, yeah.
0: <laughs> but coming into that, what were you doing beforehand? That uh, were you, did you do any uh, acting? Were you uh, yeah, an, I, I
1: oh, was studying performance at uni and uh, working nights in a call center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I, worked, I, I did a uh, call center work for about four years while I was at uni. It was um, it was the best job that I could have because I worked, I had kind of full time uni hours performance degree was like kind of the contact hours were full time so I would work I would go to uni from nine to five out in western Sydney and then um and I lived in the north shore and then I would have to go back into the city and work from six to ten at the call center and then get home by like eleven thirty, and then do it all again the next day <laughs>
0: uh, yeah well I, I I did the call center thing myself for a good four years so
1: I feel like you just- have a good call center voice uh, <laughs> You'd be thanks. like, you have a nice like. I, I I trust you with my accounts and affairs and things.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a little difficult when you would uh, answer the phone and say, you know, uh, you know, thanks for calling. Um, my name's Raj. How can I help you? And immediately,
1: <laughs> right
0: without a fail, was is this call? Are, are you in Australia? It was the first question I got probably ninety percent of the times. So it's like yeah, which is I'm, ridiculous
1: because you sound so Australian. <laughs> You should have
0: just called yourself Jim or Bill or something. Yeah, exactly. Generic. Just gone with Raymond or something, Ray, just for short, you know, just one letter change. It made everyone feel a little bit easier. Perhaps that's where my anxiety started was on the phone in the call centre. Yeah,
1: maybe. (laughs) Um,
0: So studying acting, I guess, you know, that's not something that generally people who are, um, uh, what's the word, the, uh, I'm trying to think, Not, not uh, I keep going to esoteric, but you're an outward person. You you enjoy entertaining. You didn't have an issue with that when you were studying acting.
1: No, but I think with acting, it's like, I mean, you're very much playing a character. And I think when need you, mm. you know, I would say 90% of comedians are all are incredibly self-conscious or have self-esteem issues in some way. I mean, I hate to put a blanket mm. over, but every comedian I've ever met. Um, so I think, to, you know, a lot of people seek out, um, what would be perceived as extroverted professions, even though they are in and of themselves highly introverted. I, I'm, I'm 100% an introvert. So whenever I'm not performing or when I'm in front of the camera, you know, anytime that I'm not doing that, I'm quite quiet and quite, uh, withdrawn into myself. When I started working at, um, screenplay, I think, you know, I'd been eight years in another, in another network. So, you know, getting used to a whole new group of people and new producers and everything, you realise people need to get to know you and, and learn all your idiosyncrasies and things like that. And my producer said, I can't believe I've never met anyone that's one way on camera and is so, like, contrastingly different off camera. He's like, you're so quiet and I often wonder if something's wrong. And I'm like, no, that's just me. Like I just save my energy for the job and I really enjoy that as an outlet. But then I think to balance it out, I really need my space and my alone time and and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I I don't think um, it's definitely interesting to hear that. You're not the first person that I've spoken to in in the showbiz world that said a similar sort of uh, answer, I guess, in that you 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 literally store up that energy that you need to purvey mm. a excited character of or, 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 yeah almost a caricature of yourself to present show and stuff and be that that. Uh, you know personable sort of person personality on tv versus who you are behind closed doors and, and
1: totally and um, it's not and it's not like that's not me it's just a it's just a version of me you know it's an it's me and my like happiest and most excited but that you know obviously you mm-hmm. can't maintain that all the time and i don't think anyone would want to
0: <laughs> no <laughs> yeah well good luck if you can that's that's <laughs> <fantastic>. <laughs> Um, so, I guess, you know, having been involved in, in and around everything like this for a good, you know, almost 10 years, the, the idea or notion of, um, you know, you still having a level of anxiety or self-consciousness about who you are and presenting yourself and um, I guess the way people perceive you through these uh, mediums, what, what does anxiety actually mean to you?
1: I think to me anxiety is a sense of rising panic within you that affects the way that you can deal with situations situations around you. For a long time I didn't think that anxiety was something that I, I don't know, dealt with at all because I associated anxiety with panic attacks, you know, mm. when people can't breathe and, and uh, you know, need medical attention because they're having a, like a full on, like they're going to suffocate if they don't, if someone doesn't help them. And I've never experienced that. But, um, I think it's one of those things that takes many forms. And I think there is L aspects of anxiety that affect my everyday life in ways that I didn't ever really think to explore until, you know, I started talking to people about it and. I think it's hard because, you know, I want to be that person that's really open with mental health. And I think it's that everything that's happening at the moment with a kind of positive movement towards um, being more transparent with the way people are feeling about stuff is really good. But for a long time, I think, um, I really struggled with that because I would never, and this is all tied into it, I guess, I would never want people to think that I was trying to get sympathy or draw attention to myself by speaking out about that kind of stuff. So, I never mm. really did. And I almost, there was a part of me that judged other people who did. And I, I hate mm. saying that, but it's true. And but but now that i have recently been kind of being a little bit more open the feedback that i have from people saying you know thank goodness like it make i can't tell you how how good it is for me to hear that you go through this stuff too because you honestly have this perception of people's lives being perfect or you know that they they don't struggle with the same things that you do and it's actually just this massive relief for people to know that everyone goes through the same stuff
0: yeah i i i i think i have to agree almost 100% with with everything exactly how you've come to realize your own anxiety or your your own own way of dealing with things and having that perception of people who potentially were a lot more open about it online through you know twitter or other social media forums um i i myself would you know sort of look at that years ago and go well here's a person that's wanting attention in a way that Mm. just felt a bit off to me like i it wasn't something that felt supportive it felt like uh um, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't. I didn't understand what they were going through, or I didn't perceive it in the right the right way. That that I for think- them, that was their way of actually building a support network.
1: Yeah, and I think it made me angry as well because I didn't feel open enough to be able to talk about it. So for other people mm. to be so like constantly open, like I'm feeling depressed today, and then to to watch this kind of outpouring of support for them, and I was mm. like, well, that's not fair. We're all feeling depressed, but we don't all have the courage to like tweet about it every time yeah. it happens so it would make me angry but now I kind of realize that the alternative is that everyone kind of just bottling it up and just not talking about it at all is just obviously not great either so <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah yeah definitely and and just like you uh, my idea of anxiety was not you know these little things it was um, someone having a massive panic attack that's someone who's anxious that's someone but what I've come to to realize in a similar fashion is that, you know, my anxieties manifest in very different ways that, that are things like feeling depressed after I've written something and it's not received well or putting a lot of effort into something that I want to do well and succeed but then potentially it isn't um, it isn't received that way or you, there is no feedback or the feedback that you get is only of a negative fashion, which is often the case when when you're dealing with the online world. So, mm. um the anxiety would come from the aftermath rather than the actual creation, and and it would be a, a, a much smaller version of the overall panic attack that we we tended, to, well, I tended to associate with what anxiety was, yeah. not really understanding what 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 it is for me, and and that's that's only just sort of come in the last year or two. Um, yeah, sorry.
1: Oh no, I was just going to say, I think, I think you know. Th- for everyone it kind of manifests itself in different ways. But I think um, when, you, when you feel that it's negatively affecting your ability to do things in everyday life, I think that's when you have to acknowledge that it's a significant presence that's, like, worthy of addressing.
0: Mm. Um, what makes you anxious?
1: Wow. Okay. So <laughs> for me, um, I guess I have I feel like all of my issues in life, stem from, um, f- I mean, it's a cliche, but food and, and my body and the way that I look. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's that's not necessarily tied to what I do, but it's certainly a big part of it. But I also just even when I'm going out with friends and stuff like that, I think, you know, my, my I struggle with, with um, food and eating and my weight and stuff like that. It's gone up and down so much over the past 10 years and it's so hard to kind of con- keep control of. But so much of it is self-inflicted anxiety. Well, not anxiety, but self-inflicted, um, well, yeah, I guess anxiety. I don't know. It's not like it's necessarily – I don't get people telling me that I'm overweight on a daily mm. basis. You know, mm-hmm. I don't get a lot of that. It's all something that I that I really dwell on in, in my own head. And it affects what I wear and it affects what I do and it affects the way that I – I mean, I think I'm so um, – conscious of my body all the time that it just it's never I'm never not thinking about I'm never not thinking about it and it's so frustrating because I think of all the mental capacity like the, the mental space in my head that I could just free up for other things if I could stop obsessing um and and it would be in life would be so much sweeter
0: <laughs> but yeah. I,
1: don't, I just I don't know and I think because When you have issues with food, you try to be really strict so that you can lose a lot of weight. And I've lost so much weight in the past. And then you become really obsessive about food. And then I can't go to social occasions because I think I don't know what food's going to be there. And if I'm going to be able to control myself and is it going to spiral into a binge and then, you know things will get worse so it's better if I just don't go so that's when anxiety is is affecting my life really negatively and then on the flip side uh you know if I'm feeling really bad about my body if I've put on some weight or something like that I don't feel like I have anything that I can wear that I feel good in and then I think what if people are taking pictures there or what if people um you know, uh, uh, judging the fact that my clothes don't fit very well at the moment, and so I'm like, then it's just better if I just don't go because mm. I, I can't handle the thought of all of those possible scenarios that I'm that I'm thinking about. And I think a lot of it sort of—I don't like to blame all of it on this, but a lot of it stemmed from I think when I started when I started on Good Game, um, you know, I was very conscious of being uh, the first kind of full time female presenter on the show. And I, you know, I had a fair bit of confidence then, but so much stock was placed in the fact that I was a woman and people thought that I'd been hired for some kind of like, you know, like to appeal to men in some way and to drive ratings to appeal to men in some way. That was people's kind of immediate response.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
1: was frustrating because then I felt like so much emphasis was placed on me and as a woman and people every week would comment on what I would wear and you know my body and things like that and I became really self-conscious about um I guess being overly sexualized like some women are super confident with that stuff and and um and really enjoy it and embrace it but I think I was in a position of wanting to be taken seriously for for what I said and for my work and what I did so I think at one point I just kind of cracked and was like you know, this is, (laughs) there were these forums online that no matter what I wore, and I can't believe that I actually went and sort this stuff out, but people link it to you and stuff. So yeah, you know, no matter what I wore, even if I like leaned forward to get up out of my chair and walk into a different shot, you know, they would screenshot the moment that I leant forward so they could see down my top. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, one day I just kind of cracked and I was like, well, you know, fuck it. If this is what's going to happen, then I'm just going to wear boys clothes and, you know, a baggy t-shirt and jeans like a boy would, and you can give me the same respect that you give a boy. And that's kind of what I've done ever since. And people are really like, (laughs) they've speculated. Some people think that I have a really overprotective boyfriend. (laughs) Some people thought it was the ABC that was like enforcing these like clothing rules on me. But I think I just was so sick of, of, and the more weight that I gained, the more like womanly my body became, if you know what I mean. So the more anxiety mm. I have over the, the, the way I looked. And so I kind of just wore looser and looser clothing. So that kind of got to this point where that's kind of my uniform now. And I'm so afraid of, of my body and what it means and, and the kind of reaction and the response that it, it it garners. And I wish I had the confidence to just embrace it and rock it and be like, look, I'm a woman and this is my body and it has curves and that's fine. But I can't. The anxiety surrounding all of that means that all I want to do is just wear a tent and for you to look at my head talking and listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth, and then that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> it's, I, I, it, it this ties into a few few different areas that I wanted to touch on, and it, obviously there is a, a distinction between what makes you feel anxious as a woman who's creating content that's viewed by you know thousands of people around the world versus what potentially a male might feel anxious about very different thing for me like i i do have self uh i am self-conscious about the way i look and the way um way i dress and the way people perceive that but i don't think it it, even remotely like i can't i can't um compare it to the way you must feel or the way um coming into that role a good game that you were you know objectified in in a certain way by by a a type of person that you probably don't want really to, to be friends with. Um, they're, <laughs> they're, um, they're, they're not evaluating you on the, the content as such. They're evaluating on how you look when you present that content, which is, you know, an unfair reality of, you know, the patriarchal upbringing of our Western society that, that has been an institutionalised for centuries. So-
1: the thing that sucks though as well, it's probably such a small percentage of people that, that are reacting that way, you know, but you know, the internet and, and anxiety itself kind of blow, it magnifies it all. And, I, and I, it plants a seed in your brain that, that sprouts and grows and it, it it spreads to a point where you can't think about anything else. And it's really hard to focus on the positive stuff that people say, you know, often, you know, I, I, put pictures on Instagram and stuff and there will be a slew of of positive comments and there'll be one mm. person that says something negative and I get really defensive and I'll respond to that person. And then everyone else gets really angry because they're like, we all said really lovely things about you. And the only person that you gave attention to was that person who said something negative. I'm like, gosh, yeah. it's so true. Uh, but then it, I, it's like you just, the rest of it is all white noise. You know, you kind of don't acknowledge it because I'm like, well, I don't believe that's true. I believe that they're complimenting a version of me that they have in their head or that they see through a filtered photo, but that's not real so I can't really give it any attention. But this person mm-hmm. who says something negative has somehow cracked through to the core and the reality of who I am and it stings and it hurts and, and I hate them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a sad reality of the internet that, that that negative negativity shines through above all else or it definitely does, again, for, for me as well. like you, you, It doesn't matter. I, I think I've gotten to the point where I've almost – just given up like i'm like i i can't do this anymore i'm i'm at wit's end and the you know everything that i'm producing or creating is not really hitting home and then one person Mm -hmm. will reply back with like that was really great i really enjoyed that and it's like well you you've just given me enough to to edge me over and continue continue on type of thing versus um, the someone who will point out, "Oh, you said this wrong, or this doesn't make any sense, or this is out of focus, or this doesn't work, or you know, like the slew of negativity is is often far more overpowering um, than the than than the positive, and you don't necessarily focus on the positive ones, which which can ultimately get you through, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um
0: How how does it affect you when you're in that mode? Like, so you, you know, you mentioned the being sort of self-conscious or anxious about the way you look and potentially, um, you know, not wanting to go to an event or worrying about how people look, does, is there a, a physical response or, do, you know, is it all in your head? Like how, how does it actually manifest when, when well, you go into a space?
1: You become very good at um, masking it and excuses and things like that mm. when you're kind of avoiding stuff. I think it's it's hard when you're in a work situation because you're obviously there to do a job and people have hired you for um, your personality and your ability to be present on camera and and do your job well. So if you're feeling like um, super self-conscious and anxious about what's happening or the way you look, then it affects your ability to, to perform at your best. Mm. So uh, yeah, there's. <laughs> there are times when uh I've been at like, you know, my highest weight at conventions, doing like, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of photos with people, yeah. and the whole time I've just not been able to talk to any of those people. They come up, and this is exciting, you know. They're meeting you for the first time a lot of the time, and you know, they just they just want to talk to you and get to know you and you're kind of a brick wall because the whole time I'm thinking, you know, these photos are permanent and, uh, like a lasting, you know, yeah. portrait a of snapshot. me yeah. Yeah. Yes, of me feeling my absolute worst. And I have like another 5,000 of these photos today. And all yeah. I can do is try and hide behind people as much as I can in the photo, <laughs> you know, and they're, and they're there for, to see a photo of you, you know, they want to be in the photo with you. And I'm like, they're trying to hide behind them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not <laughs> not not exactly what they're there for, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. but um, I can understand the the want to to hide, you know, to to be sort of away. Um, but like when it is your job, it, is, it does make it very difficult, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, has it ever prevented you from pursuing a career goal, or or you you've there's something an opportunity that you've sort of really been excited about but the the thought of it or the uh, the idea of going down that path might you know you sort of talk yourself out of it in a way
1: um well, I mean I think I'm very good at convincing myself that like well, if I get this job, then I'll change everything about my life and everything will be perfect. I put a lot of stock in specific things transforming my life that, like, never actually do. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I think, you know, when I took the job at Good Game, it was all I wanted to do was break into the industry and um, I never really gave acting a go. I think I just, um, it was just, I psyched myself out of, you know, it's that personal thing of, like, I don't know if I'm actually good enough. Mm. And then I kind of landed this job on a show that I really, really loved and it was just super exciting. Um, And then when I took the job with Seven, um, I I definitely wasn't feeling confident at that point. But I was like, this is, you know, a really exciting opportunity to build something new and um, I'm really excited about it. And I was like, what I'll do is I'll just lose a ton of weight before we start Mm, shooting, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which of course didn't happen. In fact, I think I placed so much pressure on myself to lose weight before we started shooting that I think I just gained a bunch of weight, (laughs) more weight on top of that. So then by the time we started, I just was really like um awkward with wardrobe and stuff like that because i was you know i wouldn't wear anything and
0: yeah 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 that
1: was you know baggy t-shirts uh, is you can't be a person in television and wear baggy t-shirts every day but god damn it i persisted <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you, you you made it your own and that's the important thing so you, thanks
1: raj you- thanks <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I
0: appreciate the howling wolves at the moon and, and the... Uh, oh,
1: those, are, those were porgs.
0: Oh, porg. Sorry. I apologize. It
1: was howling at the moon. It was a play on the wolf T-shirt.
0: I actually find it quite refreshing, to be honest. Like it's something different that you, that you don't... Uh, I'm trying to... How do I say that? Like, you, you know, it's... It's something to look forward to as to what is actually going to be on your t-shirt versus <laughs> versus how low cut the t-shirt is, or right. you know how how it fits or anything. It's it's actually like it's almost like a little game. And the um uh I used to be addicted to, addicted to this website called Threadless.com. Which oh yeah, I'm very familiar
1: with Threadless, yeah,
0: <laughs> which would have these pun esque. Sort of cartoon design t shirts submitted by uh, the general public and people would vote on them and they print them off. And I, I, my entire wardrobe was like this uh, OCD, Roy G. bived organized slew of threadless t shirts that I would just go through at, at, at work until I sort of hit about, I don't know, 35 and decided that I probably shouldn't be wearing those types of t shirts constantly every day at work. But uh, yeah, no, it, I, I I think it's quite fun. I I really enjoy it, but I can understand how it it you know really must play on your mind, especially when you're you know, filming or going into a new role and um going to a new studio, new network, and things like that. There's a, there's a lot that uh, obviously it builds up over time. So how do you how do you overcome it? How do you battle it to to make it okay when you you, you know you you do this for a living you've you've got to get over that sort of ledge somehow how do you deal with your own sort of personal anxiety?
1: I mean t- to be continued really it's I've tried yeah. so many different things you know throughout my life to kind of get on top of the various um, the issues that I that I have And one thing I can say for myself is that I think I'm a very proactive person when it comes to fixing myself i don't like being depressed or anxious i don't like being in that place and i i while i'm i think any anyone at any given time can indulge in a bit of wallowing um i don't like to be there for long and so i'll do whatever i can to get myself out so um you know all manner of online programs i've seen dieticians psychiatrists i've tried antidepressants i've tried um you know various different kinds of therapy and, mm-hmm. um, you know, books and podcasts and, you know, different things that I, or on, yeah, just different online programs. I've tried a lot of different online programs um, yeah, yeah. That, that promise to transform your life in eight weeks or 12 weeks or whatever, <laughs> yeah, be, it, yeah. be it mentally or physically or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I, I think I, I mean, I always say this at the time, so it's hard to know in the future, but right now I feel like I'm doing one of the most positive things I've ever done. And that was at the beginning of the year. I I sort of started sort of midway through last year, I was sort of talking about frustrations that I was, that I had and, um, people were just like, get a personal trainer. And I was like, it's really expensive. And I just don't really feel like it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of, but I looked around and, um, I found this guy who lives locally to me, who refers to himself as a health coach rather than a personal trainer. Yeah. yeah, we do personal training sessions, but he is as much involved in the kind of psychological, mental side of things as he is the physical side of things. Okay. you know, So he constantly throughout the week is checking in, being like, okay, so because it's like a little online program that goes with it where you kind of and it's every day you kind of have a new little lesson to focus on, whether it's, um, you know, just focusing on the – mood you have when you're eating or, um, you know, the, the negative sort of script that we have when we talk about ourselves and that kind of thing. So it's very separate to the, the physical training sessions that we do, mm-hmm. but every day you have a little kind of worksheet that you fill out and he'll, he'll kind of then respond to that and be like, okay, well, I said that I, I realized that you, you wrote that you feel, um, you know, a bit stressed when you have work on and that's when you tend to kind of spiral into a a bad eating pattern. And like, what are some steps we can put in place this week um, together that can help you overcome that when things get a bit stressful? And so every day there's something new to focus on. And I think because it's so consistent and the support, like when I went to therapy, it was kind of every two weeks and I would have this incredible session with her for an Mm -hmm. hour and then I'd walk Mm -hmm. out of that door and then it was like back to life until I saw her again two weeks later and was like, well, everything's terrible again. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) No, Never, I can. I can this- add- I've been through the same thing with therapy. It's a, like it diff- definitely helped and had its place and time for me. But it was also at the same time one of those things where you, in the moment and in the situation, everything is so clear and you're you're able to get it out and talk about it and and overcome things. But then putting that into practice is so much more difficult without that yeah. person there to support you or guide you or so, almost hold your hand throughout the steps before you see them again. And then you, it's almost two steps forward, one steps back with each iteration or was for me anyway, in terms yeah. of, of dealing with those things.
1: And it's hard because every, for every, everyone's, you know, it's, it's something different. I think at the moment, this definitely is, you know, it's so expensive and I absolutely cannot afford it, but it's just one of the kind of, I feel like I just need to deal with that later (laughs) because right now it feels like the best thing I've ever done and it feels it feels consistent and it feels practical and proactive which is what I really like about it I think the issue with therapy for me is that I I don't feel like it has a practical application to my life personally you know on a day-to-day basis I don't Mm -hmm. feel like it, it helps whereas this feels like I make I'm taking steps to change my my body but also the the habits that I have around food and the way I feel about myself which is like it's so complex and deep rooted, but um, I don't know. I'll let you know <laughs> how it goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I I too find exercise a great uh, almost meditation uh, for me. I, I I've tried meditating. I've tried doing it sort of the the general old fashioned way. I've tried using apps. I've tried uh, breathing techniques and different exercises that. Uh, you know, allow you to calm or defocus or um, stop my brain from running in overdrive and worrying or being anxious about certain things so I could sleep. Um, and they haven't really done the trick on their own. But um, exercise has always been a very tricky one. For me, being um, a diabetic, it, it's sort of a balance game and, and it's very difficult to exercise. Um, there's also depression associated with diabetes in general versus you know adding more complexities onto the top of it so but what once I once I've, I've got it in the right spot like I, I don't love running I find running quite boring and very jarring and, and very um, difficult uh, on the body like especially you know in your late 30s it's not exactly the the best thing for your um, knees but
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's um it it, it does help uh, it does help with my sort of self-conscious yeah anxiety stress dealing with general life and escapes uh, in a way that it puts me in this sort of place where i can calm and 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 be be happier at the end of it um whether that's through the production of endorphins and the chemical stuff that's going on or whether it's just because i have actually zened out a little bit but it is a, a a dual action thing similar i guess to to you with the personal trainer and also the checking in sort of this um at the same time, it's being a little bit meditative, but it's also being um, uh, it's working towards a goal of you focusing on your body and things like that. So
1: yeah, yeah. Dual action, it's
0: dual it, the, yeah. action. The
1: thing that's so hard too is it's not like it's not like I don't know how to lose weight. It's not like I haven't done it a million times before, but I think if you're an obsessive person, you know, I've, I've lost weight before by exercising two hours a day and eating like 900 calories. And I looked Mm. amazing, (laughs) but it was like, it was awful and obviously not sustainable. And it, like I said before, it led to that point where I just couldn't, you know, I would say stopped being social because I would freak out about if I couldn't see the menu of the restaurant before we went somewhere, I would be Mm. like, I would have a bit of a breakdown. I was like, guys, do you know, is there a menu online anyway? Because I can't find one and I need to know what I'm going to eat before I get there so yeah. I can put it in my calorie app and know that I'm not going to go over for the day. And mm. people would be like, do you hear yourself? You sound crazy. And I was yeah, like, yeah. this is what I have to do to stay thin. <laughs> yeah. And I realized yeah. now that, this, that I can't live like that and so there's got to be another way, but it's just so hard because, you know, <laughs> if that's what has worked for me in the past, then it feels like nothing else is going to work. But... And, 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 and then again, it's like, it shouldn't all be about that. And, and a big part of what therapy was, was she was like, you really, before you do anything, you really just need to be happy with yourself the way you are. And I would get so angry with her in those lessons. I was like, I didn't come here for you to tell me that I just need to love myself because I will never love myself. I need you to tell me how I can stop binge eating so I can be skinny. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she was like, you here, this is a problem. And I was just like, no, <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is, <laughs> and, he, like, and hey, there's the loop.
1: Yeah, and because yeah. when I'm skinny, obviously, like you know, world peace and everything will be great. Like yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, you've you found the cure for cancer. Well, right, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do this to ourselves, Steph? Why? Why if these things make make us so anxious and um, you, you know the the idea of being on camera and on TV and and how people perceive you and not. Not taking you on the value of your voice over the way you look and your body, um, and the anxiety that that pressure that puts on yourself. Why do it? Why? Why do you bother?
1: I mean, I really, at the end of the day, I really do love what I do, and I have to feel like I that I can rise above all of that stuff to to keep doing. What I love because otherwise I feel like that's the ultimate spiral, right? The, mm-hmm. Then it's then it's like it's one, it being anxiety, depression, whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like the day that it stops me from doing my work, the day that I can't just like, you know, battle through regardless of how I'm feeling. I feel like, well, I may as well just give up because you know, this is core to who I am, what I do and and what drives me as, as a person. And you know, I need to be able to. I need to be able to do it regardless of how I'm feeling. And look, I don't think if I was doing another job that I would necessarily have any less issues with insecurity on my body or anything. I think it would be just as bad. I think maybe um, it wouldn't manifest itself as frequently, but I think I would still be going through this whole thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it, it it's it's not an easy. Um... Easy question I've, and well, not to, not to uh, hark on about what the um, therapist was saying but you do really need to be comfortable in yourself uh, and, and I think um, for me, it's been a lot about uh, recognizing what does make me happy and that is a lot of this content creation. I do enjoy the process of it. I do enjoy the research, the people I've met around the world like yourself and, and many others. Um, who have made, uh, who have become friends and uh, and great supporters in in what I've done, and and the the I guess the almost faceless community that that engages with um, yourself and and myself and others who do create stuff that's that's viewed online, um, they they do make it worth it. Like and we go back to the positive comments and so forth. But I guess the person at, uh, who creates that sometimes gets distracted by the negative stuff and, and that does over, you know, overwhelm us at times and we're just humans. Like, it, you know, you're a human being who just happens to be on television who, you know, many people will be surprised to know don't earn millions of dollars and you have to consider <laughs> things like pay for a personal trainer. Like it's a reality. <laughs> um, I think
1: as well. I mean what's been such an interesting trajectory for me is that I started live streaming, um, you know, mm-hmm. towards the end of last year. Which is something that I never thought that I would do because I mean it's the it's there is nothing produced about a, a, a live stream a, a Twitch mm. stream, um, you know it is completely just like you hanging out with people in a room, but the the community that has grown from that space has really shown me that people at the end of the day just want to hang out with you in your most normal and candid way, mm-hmm. you know. Everything that obviously television needs to be produced and look good so that it is of a certain quality and standard and, and obviously I, I enjoy that side of it too. I like making something that looks good and, you know, is in a good resolution and and has a nice set with lights and everything. That's a really fun part of, of, of production. But it, it was really heartening to me to realise that some of the best interactions that I've had with people and the community have just been like me sitting at home in my pyjamas, like <laughs> playing yeah, video yeah. games with everyone in the chat being like, you know, how was your day and just chatting with each other as much as they're chatting with me and and I think um, that's actually done wonders for my self-esteem, just knowing that people just want you to be as human and relatable as possible, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right and that's probably, you know, for a lot of people why Twitch, Twitch streaming has taken off so uh, so much. You know, some people are very much uh, character and um, uh, not not who they are, but for others it's just about, you know, being yourself, playing a game and, and essentially having a bunch of friends along for the ride um, or, yeah, yeah. or or fans that that feel like they're friends along for the ride type of thing and interacting with you. So. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. Um, I guess along those lines, I want to finish things off with perhaps some advice or thoughts that, that you could pass on or that you feel might have worked for you that uh, other people who are listening who potentially are going through the same thing or tackling with anxiety in their own sort of way, like what advice would you have for for someone who's, Probably not as outwardly spoken, like you or I have have not, you know, taken to social media so much to to scream from the treetops that we're we're not doing okay. Um, how? Yeah. What advice would you give for someone who's sort of listening to this, going, you know, what I feel similar, and, and um, this has been helpful. I guess.
1: I think the 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 best lesson that I've learned is that um, when you. Uh, have something like this in your life that is kind of a constant presence there's you know I mentioned I was very proactive in finding things ways to kind of fix myself there's no one thing that's going to fix that problem for you and the reality is is, is as hard as this as this is to say it is probably something that's going to be with you for your whole life but how you manage it is what matters and so if you can find a, a set of tools be it therapy or um you know, finding someone like a trainer or a regular um, social activity or something like that 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 makes you feel good about yourself or, um, you know, gets gets you into a, a good social interaction that te- that takes you out of an anxious space, um, and have a good set of tools that you can apply for when things get bad. That's the best way to manage it, the, because there's no one thing that's going to flick a switch for you and and going to going to make you not an anxious person. <laughs> mm. It's yeah, I think that for me. Is, is the best advice that I could give because that's what keeps you in a positive headspace as well, knowing that you're not on this quest for the one thing that's going to fix your life. It's that you have the power to put the tools in place to make your life as positive and as manageable as
0: possible. I think you have 100% hit the nail on the head. There is no one magic silver bullet for uh, for dealing with life. It is a series of things that need to be dealt with and overcome and, and I 100% agree. The sooner you um, you realise and uh, are okay with the fact that you need to do different things and you actually need to address them, um, they don't necessarily disappear, then you um, then it it sort of begins to a a more positive and and happier life or it has for me anyway. So (laughs) uh, fantastic advice and really uh, fantastic conversation. I I wholeheartedly appreciate your candor and openness with with everything that we've gone through today, Steph. It's been um, a really uh, pleasurable conversation. I I think um, many people will be interested and, and, uh, Welcome the uh, the information that that you've gone through and and the way you've dealt with things in the past and uh, I I just want to say so thank you so much for uh, for being so open about everything you've experienced it's uh, it's been really great to have that that talk today
1: it was it was so lovely talking with you Raj, and, and um I hope uh, I hope the podcast is is helpful for other people too and I'd love to hear from people as well if if um they have stories or strategies and stuff that they'd like to share as well
0: fantastic and what is the best way for people to get in touch with you uh on the the <laughs> the, the social media <laughs> that we've just been bagging for the last 40 minutes or so.
1: <laughs> uh, you can contact me on twitter at hex uh same on instagram and uh, uh my twitch is the same as well um, i have facebook as well but that's more of a big um facebooky message board thing and that's um, facebook.com forward slash s Bendixon.
0: there you have it folks thank you once again to the wonderful stephanie ben for joining me on this incredibly informative pilot episode of the show it has been a fascinating discussion that i've been honored to have and one that i'm sure everyone has enjoyed joining us for If you've enjoyed the show, well, I encourage you to visit the Reckoner website, that's reckoner.com.au, and join our Patreon campaign, which moving forward will be the only way to listen to new episodes of I Don't Quite Know. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback on the show too, so you can reach out to us via the website, of course, and our Twitter and Instagram, where our username is reckonerau. Until next time, my name's Raj Di Thank you so much for listening.